everyone, and welcome to the Insatiable Appetite, Hartman's Food, Culture, and Insights podcast. It's Melissa Abbott here. I'm the Vice President of Syndicated Studies, and today I'm delighted to have Ted Robb, the co-founder of New Barn Organics. We'll be speaking with Ted about New Barn's products and the importance of the regenerative organic certification. Now, on a recent podcast, we spoke with Elizabeth Whitlow of the Regenerative Organic Association and learned so much about their certification to become regenerative organic. But today, we get to learn about the product side of regenerative and New Barn's journey to launch the first of its kind regenerative organic almond milk and what this means for the brand's product portfolio looking ahead. Hi, Ted. It's great to have you on the podcast and learn more about New Barn Organics. Thanks so much, Melissa. It's a real pleasure to be here. Totally a huge fan of Hardman, as you know. So thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so tell us a little bit, Ted, about the backstory of um, New Barn and, you know, what what your vision was when you first started the company. Yeah, um, it's funny because to think back now, it's, you know, it feels like a while ago, but it hasn't really been that long. And, and the reality is um, when we first started the brand, um, I was actually working quite a bit in and around dairy um, in Northern California at the time. And one of the things that kept jumping out to me was, when I looked at the, the the dairy category as a whole, it felt like you could see at that time, this was about seven, eight years ago, that the consumer was not really getting their needs met on the non-dairy side. Um, you know, in reality, when you walk up to a dairy case in a store, you've got all of your regular dairy products. And then there was sort of always the section for almond milks or non-dairy milks. And at the time, what I noticed was that there was a lot of customers that were starting to sort of migrate from only dairy consumption to sort of mixing it up. And mm-hmm. um, it felt like there was sort of the same almond milks that had been there for 25, 30 years in the organic industry, but nothing really new. And um, that was sort of where it, it, it came to, together at a, as a starting point was just realizing, you know what, there's, there's opportunity to innovate here. Um, at the time, there was a lot of folks that were making almond milks at home. They were buying them at farmers markets, and it just felt like there was an opening to make something that was really clean, simple, organic, more homemade. And, and ultimately, that was sort of the 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 origin of the brand, if you will, was just recognizing that opportunity and and starting there. I mean, much more to come from that point, but that was really what we saw at the time, and, and why we felt like there was something here that to go after as a as a business. Yeah, that's so cool. And thinking of like ingredient profiles, you know, I found that New Barns, you know, your almond milk, just looking at the um, the panel of ingredients, it's exceptionally clean, you know, um, and it's very distinct in the marketplace for what it doesn't include. So there are no emulsifiers. Like we hear from consumers in a lot of, in our health and wellness reports where we um, ask about, you know, what it is it that you're looking to avoid. And oftentimes it's a lot of the ingredients that tend to be in uh, in some of the plant-based milks. So that's, it's really neat to see a brand such as yours that, um, you know, is is avoiding some of the things that consumers are looking to avoid. So it also, I guess, gives credit to the American palate for, you know, not needing analog products to mimic that consistency of the consistency of dairy, which is what I feel like a lot of the plant-based milks out there are trying to get that consistency of dairy. So it's great to see that there's a much cleaner um plant-based milk out there. So now you have um, other products as well, right? So you have the almond milk. Tell us a little bit about your your portfolio. 
Yeah, absolutely. So it's been a journey. There's no question. I mean, our, and to your point, our feeling on it was that um, when you make almond milk at home, I don't know if you've ever done that. I mean, it's, I was a, I grew up a hippie kid, so <laughs> I've been having almond milk made at home for a lot of years. But when you make it at home, it's pretty simple. You take almonds and water and some salt, maybe maple syrup or dates, and you put it in a blender, blend it up and strain it out. And you've got almond milk. And our feeling was that when you really look at it, um, you know, the larger sort of big box almond milks, in particular, it's really mostly water fillers, you know, different things. Very, there's actually very few almonds in most of the, the mm. larger containers. In some cases, it's like under, you know, it's, it's, let's just call it less than a handful of almonds. Um, and what we felt like was there's an opportunity to sort of let it be something new, um, something that was more in that homemade style. And um, and that was sort of the, the starting point. We've always tried to maintain that. So it's really you know, what are we trying to be thoughtful about with every single ingredient that we use? Is it something we would consume in our own home? Um, you know, that's that's pretty common these days. A lot of products are starting to say these kind of things on ingredient decks. But when we started, that was something we were very, very passionate about. Um, so our product line now is really, um, we have the first regenerative organic unsweetened almond milk, as you said, which is three ingredients, almonds, water, and salt. We have a vanilla unsweetened almond milk. Um, which is an amazing skew. And that one is uh, it's the same thing, but just add vanilla to it. We have an unsweetened coconut milk, which is out of this world. And then we have um, now the first regenerative organic almond creamer, which we call the barista series. So that one is um, a little bit different ingredient deck because it's meant to um, foam and work in, in uh, coffee beverages or tea beverages, et cetera. So it's more of a creamer than it is just a straight almond milk. It's, it's equally delicious. Um, and then also we... We'll probably talk more about this, but we um, we also have the very first regenerative organic certified egg um, that's available nationally. It's a pasture-raised egg um, and very excited about the growth of that. It's actually the fastest growing part of our brand um, are our pasture-raised eggs. And that sort of came out of, again, looking at the consumer and where they were. And one of the things we learned was our our core customer for Newborn eats a lot of pasture-raised eggs. It's a really important protein for them. And felt like it was an opportunity to extend our brand into a um, you know a relevant category for their lives. So that's something we've been working very hard on as well. Um, that sort of rounds out our portfolio at this point is the the plant milk, you know, the uh, dairy free milk and the pasture raised eggs. So it's they're essentially premium essentials, is what you're talking about. <laughs> that's exactly right. We we refer to them as uh, our 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 sort of thinking these days is that we want to make sure that we're making. Um, you know, ex, uh, we're, we are premium products, but we want to try to be as accessible as we can and that these are sort of essential staple items that you can use in your kitchen every day. And that's definitely um, sort of where our brand is now. Obviously, our North Star, as it has been from the beginning, is really around regenerative organic agriculture at the core. Um, that's, that's ultimately what guides our brand. But um, we also feel very passionate about making sure that we're taking that hard work and the brand is capturing that and making sure that our customer has um, essential items that they can have access to, you know, both from an affordability standpoint, but also putting them in the right retail outlets and, and venues for them to be able to go find it. So that's a big focus of what we're working on these days. Well, and that seems to be really what's missing in the marketplace is this access to, you know, I said premium essentials, but, you know, the accessibility factor is what's key in making sure that people can, you know, there's a, an affordability factor and also from a retail perspective, being able to access them, you know, at, at, at retailers throughout the country. So 
What's interesting about this too is that this idea of access and you know it seems like a lot of these products seem more like farmers markets ingredients but you're what what is the distribution like of your products? Yeah, that's a great question and you're right. Um I'll say, you know, I don't know um if you've talked to other sort of founders about this, but you know, the journey of launching a brand is, in, is incredibly um, up and down. Right. And um, one of the things that when we sort of went through the early innings of new barn, we grew really fast, um, really in all honesty, faster than we could, than we could keep up with. And um, we had many trials and tribulations as all brands do, but um, you know, we got to a point with the with the brand where we got so much distribution that we really couldn't keep up with it, um, and we ran into quite a few challenges along the way. And and quite honestly, for a long time, so much of my day was spent on working on raising capital or you know things that were so far away from the core <laughs> mission of our brand um, that we had to make a series of hard calls uh, over over the course of sort of late 2019. We we pulled back our distribution quite a bit. Um, we sort of focused our, our product portfolio. We eliminated some items. Um, and ultimately, we ended up selling our brand uh, to a company called Nest Fresh, which is down in Southern California. Um, and we joined that team. So it was it was a, a very sort of whiny, twisty road full of ups and downs. And and one of the things that came out of that to address what you're saying, your, your question now is, you know, we've become a lot more thoughtful about the distribution. So we are trying very hard to work on you know picking products that are relevant we're trying very hard to keep our price points down so that we can you know broaden the audience that can keep the affordability within reason for most households and then we're also trying to be really thoughtful about where we put the products it's mm-hmm. it's less for us these days about just going everywhere and more about trying to get to the right places so we've done a lot of work over the last couple of years on our brand on our packaging or storytelling, but also on looking at, you know, where are we going to be the most successful and, and, and really who is our customer and where are we going to find them? So that's, that's very much top of mind as well. And, and on the distribution front, I think what that's looked like for us is, um, you know, it's almost a throwback in a way where we're, we're sort of working very closely with Whole Foods Market, with the independents, with UNFI, um, and we're, we're sort of going back to basics there and saying, you know, we know that this customer cares. We know that they're looking for this type of item and we're just going to do the very best we can to get in the right places and then, and then make sure that we're doing the right activities to reach them. So that's been a huge focus for us over the last, let's say 18 months or so. Wow. What a huge learning because yes, to your point, when we talk to uh, brands that are getting, just getting off their feet, they want to get distribution everywhere, right? That's, that's kind of the name, right? That's like marketing one run. You want to get it everywhere get exposure, but that isn't, necessarily the best plan so it's really so it sounds like you're getting the correct like a a support and distribution through nest fresh as the um as the now owner of the brand but you're directing uh you know how the growth is really you know what the projected growth is going to be like would that be accurate yeah it is i think to, to give them a lot of credit and you know um carry my partner in all things and co-founder in new barn and i have joined the team and you know we we were very proud to be a part of nest fresh actually i think that um it reminds me a lot uh i i talk about this sometimes but um you know i remember early in the early days of the organic industry um uh when cascadian farms sold um there was a lot of talk about the brand selling and can you do, can you operate within a larger company, et cetera. You know, in, in my experience here, 
um, this has been the best decision we ever made was to have New Barn join Nest Fresh. It, it gave us a home. It gave us um, long-term ownership that's you know privately held, very invested in, in holding the mission and the purpose of the brand. Um, and I think we have a deep commitment from you know the owner on down to really support the vision and direction of, of New Barn Organics and sort of the deeper purpose of it. So to have that stability, to have the infrastructure, um, you know, the things that we need to really go and grow with purpose has been incredibly exciting. Um, it's been a change, it's been a transition, but at the same time, um, having that sort of stability is something that, um, you know, having gone through the transition, I would never, I, I think it was the best decision we ever mm -hmm. made. And I, in fact, when I talk to a lot of, you know, co-founders and founders in the industry now, it's one of the things that I, I think I've really changed my perspective on is, it's, it's not a bad thing to look for a larger partner. It's actually one of the most strategic conversations that you can have because it's such a hard road on your own. There's so many things that you can't control. There's so many things that take your eye off the ball that, you know, being able to bring energy and enthusiasm and, and some of these things that we have in the organic industry naturally to, you know, a company that is looking for that type of innovation and infusion is, is actually a great thing when it matches up. You know, obviously it can go poorly too, but in our experience, it's been fantastic. So I couldn't be happier about it. Well, what's it sounds like to me too is that it's it has enabled you to focus on the what's next in organic, the beyond organic, which is regenerative. So would you say that that has helped you kind of really, you know, hone your focus on on the certification and in all of the products, the the milks and the eggs? I know the eggs are in the almond milk. Is the coconut milk also uh, certified regenerative? It's it's well on its way. So right. we the, the the quick answer is that it is it is absolutely regenerative organic in practice. It's a matter of aligning auditors in a different country at this point. So it's uh it's well down the road. It's just a matter of of getting people to certain farms for audits and that kind of thing. Um, we're very excited about it in terms of our supplier and and the practices on the farms um, and, and very much it is it is real regenerative organic it's uh with any new certification though sometimes there could be the startup <laughs> portion of actually getting the audit done which is where we sit but yeah i mean when that's done um pretty much a, actually 100 percent of our product portfolio will be uh, regenerative organic certified which is very exciting that's really exciting. Now, what has that certification process been like? Now, you guys were already organic, so that was, you know, you're already ahead of the game in that regard. So any insights you can share with brands who are considering uh, the regenerative organic certification? Yeah, so I think um, just to add a little extra on our, on our um, you know, new owner, um, Nest Fresh, um, I, you know, the, the biggest thing with it really is it's a, it's a privately held company that is profitable and it's profitably run and that's been an important part of of um you know what we considered when we looked at them as a partner was not only would they help us leave the the mission intact um and support that but that there was a longevity to it there was a sort of a staying power and a real commitment to um you know looking at what we were trying to accomplish and investing in it and what's so cool about it is that we have a partner that is willing to um, you know, listen to the to the bigger picture, take a longer time horizon, and um, and really put the the capital necessary behind this to make it happen. I think the other part though is that they they really come from an agricultural and you know operating farming background, so there's a sort of an innate understanding of what it takes to make food happen. And ultimately, you know, one thing we talk about a lot internally is we we really 
look at our mission as make, trying to make food better overall. And that really does start at the farm. So we spend a lot of time now looking at, um, you know, on the egg side, there's, there's 45 years of experience that this company has on, on egg farming directly. And there's a huge amount of institutional knowledge around that. So it's something that we feel like we're learning from all the time. Um, and so it, it makes it easier. It's not just, you know, we've got to generate a return or, or um, necessarily look for raising more capital. We have those resources. We have a commitment to the sort of core of our mission. And I think that there's a lot of layers of sort of um, institutional knowledge to the farming part of what we're doing that we're learning from as well. And so there's a really exciting sort of organic push and pull that happens with that. Uh, and, and ultimately, I think that is um, something that's very worthwhile and very fulfilling and um, something that we, you know, as a team draw a lot of sort of enthusiasm from and it, it brings the mission uh, more fully to life every day. So that's that's been a very um, cool part of this as well and something that I'm, I'm really grateful for. Just, uh, you know, seeing our, our brand not only find a good home and have some lasting power, but the ability to keep growing and stretching as a, as a human being and, and as part of a team, et cetera, is, is really exciting. What I love about that too, Ted, is that you've you've got a, a partner um, that is really allowing you to be able to focus on the quality of the products and you know the accessibility too, as as we were talking about. So that seems like where the aspect of the true origin of regenerative comes in too. So you know you, uh, this idea of you know the majority of your products are. Um, certified regenerative with the coconut milk on its way to become regenerative. Can you uh, share a little bit more about what that journey uh, with the certification process to become regenerative organic certified has been like? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, we uh, in 2017, 2018, we made the decision to change the brand from just new barn to new barn organics. And the intention at that time was that we wanted to literally put it on the front of the carton that we, we have been organic, we're always going to be organic, we're committed to it. And I'm a dyed-in-the-wool believer in organic, always have been, always will be. Um, I think it's, you know, very, very meaningful for the health of the planet, health of individuals, the health of the animals, the land, et cetera, the soil. Um, but the, the reality is over the years, organic, you know, it's come under, it's had a lot of its own sort of ups and downs. And, um, you know, I think that the, the my, my personal feeling and I think what New Barn as a brand has always tried to strive for is that there's a broader definition of organic really needed for the consumer. I think in particular to meet their um, expectations of what I think, you know, most people feel organic really is. So if you, if you just zoom out for a second, you know, USDA organic is probably the most meaningful certification out there because it's literally, you know, um, it, it, we, it's the one federal standard that we really all have in place to work around. And um, it's great in the sense that it's really focused on increasing the health of the soil. But ultimately, I think what uh, Rock and Regenerative Organic Alliance has done well is to say, you know, we're going to take that already strong federal standard, we're going to add on to it. We're going to, the three pillars is what they call it. I'm sure you talked about this with Elizabeth, but, mm -hmm. you know, focusing on the soil, but then extending it to the animals and the people that really makes a lot of sense um, to me, to our brand, I think to most people, you know, you don't have almonds without uh, healthy soil and, and good practices, but you also don't have it without taking care of your farmers and the people that are out there doing it. And, you know, they're, they're really heroes to get up and do that work every day. Um, and so that's something that we care a lot about. Obviously with the, the eggs, the, the hens are, 
you know, we, we can't have healthy eggs without healthy hens. You can't have it without healthy farmers. So that all has to work together. And that's why we felt like regenerative organic certification was the right one for us because it covered the it covered the most important parts of this, the sort of broader definition. That was our starting point. You know, the reality is, is when we made the decision to move on this, it was very early for Rock, and there was not a lot of um, definition on a lot of areas. And so the process for us was really about working collaboratively with Rock, and it has been all along the way, um, talking to them about what we're seeing on our farms, talking about them, what the challenges are, um, looking at how do we implement the framework that they've been, you know, evolving and adapting. Um, it, it was it, in a lot of ways, though, I'd say it came very naturally to us because we already were organic to begin with. You know, if, if you were a brand that was just basic conventional items, you'd have to really start the journey by, um, you know, going towards organic and then heading into regenerative organic. For us, it was more of a natural extension of what we were already doing. And I think that um, the the learnings have been really um, actually looking at the more detailed parts of the three pillars. So the organic certification comes easily, right? We, we already do that. Every ingredient we use is organic, unless it's not, you know, salt, for example, can't be certified organic. So that wasn't hard. What's been more of a stretch has been, um, you know, looking at the labor practices, looking at how do the farms actually operate, um, you know, what kind of issues um, are emerging in the animal welfare um, sector of, of this. Th those are the things where we're having to, you know, really extend ourselves and work collaboratively. And, and I'd say that, you know, the good news is we have all the intention and desire to do it, sometimes it's just a matter of um, of really making sure that you get everybody in alignment. Okay, this is what we're going to do. Let's go for it. And then working on it together. So it's been a little bit like an unfolding, I guess is how I would mm -hmm. describe it. Just one foot in front of the other. Yeah, that's really fascinating to think about how you were so much further along having already been certified organic. And in a recent Forbes article, you were quoted as saying that you have Newborn has an opportunity, um, you know, to really step forward here, and that um, as an industry, we're here. We have an opportunity to redefine what organic means, and I think that's kind of what you were referring to, right? That it it isn't just about the organic certification of you know the almond itself. It's about taking it to the next level, and that you know, incorporating the soil, incorporating the farmers, and then with the eggs, incorporating the uh, the farmers itself, you know, it can't just be about the, the product, the end product. And I think that is really what we're seeing shift now, because for a number of years now in our research here at Hartman, we have found that consumers like, well, I go for organic because it's the best that we have, but I'd love to see more distinction you know, in within what's happening in the marketplace. So, um, and I, I also think that the, you are doing a phenomenal job with um, almonds in this way, because, you know, they've been coming under scrutiny um, as an agricultural crop for excessive amounts of water. So, you know, a lot of people are saying like, yeah, almonds are great, almond milk is great, but it's not really going, it's not very sustainable given the amount of water. Now, New Barn is, you're incorporating a dry farmed message, a dry farm. That's a very important, compelling thing that you're doing. Can you share a little bit more about that decision to incorporate a dry farmed method for the almonds in the almond milk? 
Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's part of the journey. Um, and actually, I'll talk about this specifically, but we've recently made a transition away from dry farming in, in favor of regenerative organic farming. So I'll tell you a little bit about that. Um, okay. the, the quick version is that when we started the brand, um, we we obviously looked for organic almonds. That was sort of the simple starting point. We want organic almonds. That's what we're going to use. We're going to build our brand around it. Um, and at the time, we worked with a great family um, in Northern California that um, that was really committed to organic farming. And then as we got into it, one of the things that we realized was that the European farmers, almond farmers, particularly in Spain and Italy, were doing more of an old world style farming where they were doing complete dry farming. So that means that you you give the the trees a little bit of water um, at the planting and then essentially just let the rain take care of it after that. The trade-off is you get, you know, lower yields. Um, in our opinion, you got sort of a higher, uh, more potent flavor as a result right. of dry farming. But what we sought out was like, this makes sense because, you know, actually almonds originally come from sort of the Middle East. Um, they were originally as a crop, didn't really need any water. Um, it's only been over the last sort of, you know, 50 plus years that there's been a real concentration on increasing the yield. And that's what ultimately created this water issue. I mean, I think that same four articles you, you mentioned, I talk a lot about in there with uh, about how, you know, all, a lot of crops take water, right? Almonds sort of get unfairly singled out a lot of the time, mm -hmm. lettuce and tomatoes, everything takes water. But, you know, one thing that we found over the course of, of doing dry farming is that it is possible to have a very um, deep conversation about water practices, um, just like it is about many other things on the farm. Ultimately, where we came out was that um, we felt like uh, over about a year, a little over a year ago, we we reconnected with uh, the boroughs who are our now farming partner in the Central Valley um, outside of Fresno. And they were the first to do regenerative organic almonds. Um, and it just felt like at the time, even though we were really excited about the dry farming and sort of the old world style of Italy, that right here, you know, sort of in our backyard, we have this amazing partner who's committed to the same things that we are, you know, the three pillars, the the practices on the farm. And honestly, um, Melissa, they're, they're <laughs> some point you'll have to go see the farm. It's just, it's just the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in terms of how oh. they're doing it. The, the pollinators and the, you know, the, the amount of insects and birds, everything that's happening on the farm. It's like, it's what you picture in your head. And so even though it's no longer dry farmed, what we're, what we're feeling like now is that the water conversation is really more of a 360. So it's about measuring, um, what are we doing in terms of how water is being used? How much are we banking in the soil because it's so much richer during the winter months? You know, so we're, we're actually, I'd say, almost on to the next generation of looking at water and how are we going to be thoughtful about it? How does it tie into the whole ecosystem? Um, and it's just been, it's actually almost reinvigorated that conversation top to bottom because there's so much to learn about it. So that's where we are now. And, and uh, so thankful to have such a uh, aligned partner who's really, um, just from a farming standpoint, the, uh, the best I've ever met anywhere along the way. We're, we're very fortunate to have connected with them. Wow. So they're the Burroughs Farm. Is that who you said they were? Yeah, the Burroughs Family Farm. Family. They're in Denair, California. So it's, uh, best, best way to orient is outside of Fresno. Okay. Because <laughs> it's a small little town, basically. Well, what's so important about that is 
you know, we have this idea of, okay, dry farm. So your explanation was phenomenal, you know, saying like how this is what they've been doing in Spain and Italy and, you know, or the almonds of origin from the Middle East makes sense. And so it's been this idea of, well, you know, California is so dry, we need to figure out this other way. But now you don't have to import it. You don't have to go all the way uh, across the globe to source your almonds. You can source them regeneratively certified regeneratively right here in California in in our in the United States. So what's even more important about that is that it's not just like, okay, you know, tomatoes are dry farmed and this is a great, you know, claim because then they're, you know, not using water as much and that they have a really intense flavor. But really the point of all this is that when when agriculture ingredients are farmed regeneratively, there's a whole a holistic system, essentially, that is enabling, you know, the, a much greater understanding of water use. And that can be applied, that should be applied, I guess, essentially, to all, whether it's, you know, chickens and eggs or um, cattle or or chickpeas, you know, what, what have you that, you know, we may have been missing the point all of this time. So, um, yeah, I just love this idea that, you know, really opening the our eyes to this idea of what regenerative actually affords us. Now, what I find a, a little bit problematic, too, is, you know, all of the um, marketing slogans uh, where regenerative is showing up um, on a lot of products. Uh, you know, there's a lot of greenwashing going on. Do, do you have concerns, you know, with the effort that that you know, the Burroughs family farm and that you're going to with Newborn, that there are all of these other products coming out there that are saying they're regenerative. Like, what what do we do about this? It's such a good question. It's something that's very much top of mind all the time right now. And, and you know, first of all, thank you for saying that um, about the sort of bigger picture and deeper cut of it, because you're right. I mean, on the egg side, just one quick aside there is it's a very comprehensive conversation when it comes to both soil health, animal welfare, and farm workers, right? There's so many things that need to be constantly discussed in there. And uh, just one quick example, we have um, one of our farmers uh, for the new barn eggs is someone who started very much in the world of commodity eggs and, and mm -hmm. ultimately made his own journey as a farmer from commodity to now being regenerative organic certified. And to hear him talk about it is just one of the most beautiful things because it's, he's looking at, you know, his daughters, how they feel about the farm and the, the next generation and the soil and the, and the plants and how are the hens doing. And it's like you really see the softness of his heart as a farmer. Mm. I, for me, that's, that's, all, that's all I need to know. I'm sold at that point, right? I think that yeah. as a brand, we, we have to go out there and do this work. Um, to make sure that he's got somewhere to take those eggs and that that effort and that and that's you know I think New Barn, my deepest hope in my heart is that we are a bright light for those types of farmers that they feel like this is a brand they want to align with they want to sell their ingredients to or their products to, and you know just back onto the journey of organic regenerative organic certification probably the most important thing right now as a whole for the effort of regenerative organic certified ingredients is the, the producers really need brands that make multi-ingredient products to buy their ingredients to get this thing going. It's, it's, it's one thing to have, you know, a regenerative organic blackberry and you sell it at a farmer's market. It's very different when you've got a brand like New Barn buying sugar and vanilla and almonds and those, those, that creates a market for this. So that's, that's something that we're trying very hard to know both, be a bright light and make sure that we, you know, we don't just do the minimum percentage, um, you know, necessary to get the stamp. And to your point on the, on the sort of greenwashing, I, you know, 
I have a lot of concerns about regenerative. I have a lot of concerns about organic. Uh, I think the reason that we're very passionate about rock as a certification is that it really does force the conversation around organic certification mm -hmm. as a starting point. And mm -hmm. it's unfortunate to me that you could, you could make a regenerative claim and still be using chemicals on your farm, for example, um, cognizant of the fact that not everybody can afford organic or started organic. Um, you know, at the same time, I'm also sort of unapologetic in the sense that it's like, we have, we have, I think, proven in some small way that you can make an intention and go after it. And so I, I think that right now, part of the reason I, I made that comment about redefining organic is that I think there's an opportunity and a responsibility to really push on this conversation. And so for our brand, you know, I think the, the best way that we can approach it is to sort of not, not ignore the noise, but turn it down and really mm -hmm. try to just set the best example that we can. Um, and that's really where we're trying to come from is just, we're going to, we're going to be a hundred percent committed to this. We're going to go after it for as long and as hard as we can and do everything that we can to support the movement in, a, in an authentic way. And I think that's what is needed from, from a brand like ours at this point in time. So it really is the next, the next phase of organic. And it seems to me too, like over the last few years, uh, you know, we've seen that the regenerative organic certification or rock is uh you know, we're seeing more and more products coming out and so the more we see that on shelves or the consumer sees it on shelves the more i i think that there's going to be a distinction between well it says it's regen you know if you just said you were organic but you didn't have the certification that might be a little bit dicey so my, it sounds like you know the more products that are certified with the regenerative organic certification the more uh, awareness will come from it. I really believe so. Yeah, I do. I think we we feel for us that um, having a third party verify it, having a you know an actual certification on our on our brand, it's that's a core value for New Barn. It's also a core value for our parent company. And it's something that we believe in. Because at the end of the day, the consumer can trust that it's not just us saying it. Um, so that's something we we hold sort of front and center for ourselves. Um, and, and I think you'll see with the new barn brand going forward that that's, that's going to be a line that we hold. Um, it doesn't mean that there can't be great regenerative items out there that aren't certified, mm -hmm. but I do think that there's a lot of opportunity for confusion in that. And so for us, it's really just about we're we want to be as radically transparent as possible. That is our, that is a core value for new barn. It has been from the beginning. And I think that the more that we can, just show our end user um, that we're sort of thinking like they are. <laughs> that is, uh, we want these products in our kitchen as much as we hope they do, um, and that we're not making decisions necessarily against you know against any other sort of baseline. I think that that's an area that we can develop trust and and you know as a as a kid who grew up in the organic industry, um, the reason I feel so connected to this is that this really does remind me uh, a lot of what it felt like when organic first came into mm. being, you know, it was, I remember that transition. There was a lot of questions and gray areas and greenwashing and, and there still is. And I think that's always going to be there. So I think, you know, at the core, we have to make sure that we're taking good responsibility for our brand, for our actions and, uh, and confidently put that out there and try to be as open as we can so that the customers that find us, you know, back to my point about distribution, we really want to be, a brand they trust, essential items that they that they want to count on every single day, and that they feel good about consuming and, and you know putting in their refrigerator and feeding their family. That's that's absolutely something that matters. 
Um, and I think regenerative organic certification helps sort of bring all that together. So it's, in my mind, it's, it's, it's a critical component to this evolution of organic is, is really leaning into that certification uh, and, and basically saying that that's our flag on the ground. You know, they can't speak for anybody else, but for us, that's definitely how we look at it. Yeah. And for here at Hartman, we've been, uh, you know, exploring the organic consumer for many, many years. And every two years we put out our organic uh, syndicated report. And this year uh, we'll be looking at it from the perspective of beyond organic. And it has everything to do with this conversation. And it's based on the fact that for the last number of years, we've been hearing from consumers that, yeah, organic's good, like I'd mentioned earlier, but I want I want more details. I want and I love how you said to be as radically transparent as possible because that's what the consumer wants. Of course, there are consumers who are like, I just want the you know the cheapest item that I can get that for you know the best value um, that is not going to kill me right? <laughs> or something of that nature. But really, what we're seeing is that you know there are more and more consumers, particularly the younger consumers, Gen Z, um, younger millennials, are saying, "Hey, and you know, as a Gen Xer, I, and to like like yourself, you know, it's like we know what the industry was like, you know, when organic was first getting started, and there's a lot of watering down that's been happening. So it really does seem as if there is tremendous opportunity here um, for whether it's a, a brand is going to be looking for that regenerative organic certification or if they're going to be looking for certain ways to um, improve the quality of their products but maybe not necessarily going the extent of um, being becoming certified regenerative so there is opportunity here and from my perspective you're really you're demonstrating how to go about this in a, a way with uh, tremendous integrity so um i think that's fantastic so what's uh what's next for newborn what what, what do we see next for newborn organics first of all thank you for the compliment i appreciate it and we, we uh i you know i'll be honest I, um I, I really agree with how Hartman looks at the consumer. In fact, you guys have been very helpful for us as a brand along the way, because I think you're spot on with the younger generation. You know, um, my kids are, are both in that Gen Z, sort of on the edge of Gen Alpha, and they're constantly um, pushing on this conversation, and I love it. I mean, granted, they grew up in a food household, but it's <laughs> I think their generation is asking very good and tough questions, and I'm, they give me a lot of hope, to be honest with you. Um, and, you know, I think uh, we, we hope to continue leaning into that part of the conversation to, to what's next. I think I feel very strongly that there's, you know, the bulk of our work right now is really um, sort of putting, like I said earlier, putting one foot in front of the other. It's about really finding the right partners, finding the right customers, um, you know, really aligning with the right consumers. Because to your point, and I think this is what Hartman does well, is like, not everybody is a new barn customer. We wish they were, um, but, but at the end of the day, um, we're looking for folks that share these values and, and we really want to deliver products that meet their personal values. That's really important to us. So mm -hmm. I think uh, the bulk of our work is finding them, <laughs> getting the products <laughs> to where they are, putting at the right price, you know, just really staying that course and being consistent. And then I think from there, it's also looking at um, making sure we're really investing into the supply chain of regenerative organic. As an example, there's a lot of work that we see coming over the next year, working closely with the ROA on the animal welfare framework for poultry. And we think that there's a lot of things that can be done in collaboration with them um, 
to make the the lives of the hens better to you know really work on the soil on the farming labor those are those are a lot of that's gonna be a lot of work and something that we're passionate about it's not very exciting necessarily um in terms of like a new product announcement but it's it's really reinforcing and buttressing that core part of our brand so that we can be more and more transparent and, and ultimately i think meet the meet the desire of our of our end user um, as far as products go I think the thing that we're looking at most right now is, you know, especially after having learned some hard lessons along the way, what is the right innovation? If we have this sort of everyday essential items that are affordable and accessible, um, what are the what are the products that our customer really wants us to grow into? You know, sort of looking for that. There's, you know, we didn't do an oat milk, for example, because we felt like we were sort of late to the party on it. We didn't know if we could do it regenerative organic certified. Um, and we and we learned our lesson there. It's like rather than just jump into something that we can't do 100%, let's really be thoughtful about it. So I don't mean to give you a little bit of a squishy answer on what's next. We've got some exciting innovation that we're talking about, but I think what you'll see from us is that when we bring something out to the market, it's going to be baked at 100%. Yeah. It's going to be something that we know that we can do all the way with integrity and sort of maintain that through line. And uh, so I'd say stay tuned for... Yeah. 2024 and beyond because we got some cool stuff but that's our intention and, and something that we feel really excited about so hopefully we'll be back on here and share more with you when we when we're ready to do that yeah i think the you're actually pointing out something that's a good lesson for for many uh of us in the food industry is that it isn't necessarily necessarily about the next line extension flavor add uh and so on but it's about really focusing on that supply chain i think the the idea of the supply chain um is something that, that that's going to have more lasting effects so i i love that answer quite frankly and I, where where can our listeners find out more about newborn organic yeah i appreciate it well our website newbornorganics.com is definitely um the place to go we try to keep that current our social media is uh, uh another good spot instagram in particular um sort of know where we're where we're announcing things and then um we're pretty good about sending out newsletters so we, i always recommend we don't we don't like getting a lot of newsletters in our own inbox so we try to be thoughtful about when it goes out but we share um information and and discounts and those kind of things uh on our on our our newsletter so um that's a that's a good spot to go and sign up and and then we'll we'll hit you with relevant information we're also um more and more these days leaning in on linkedin too um sharing sharing our stories there so that's definitely for you know maybe listeners of this podcast another place to check us out is uh, we got good information going through that channel as well so and then we'll be at expo west so hopefully we'll uh We'll see see everyone there. You know, it's coming up before you know it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, always a good time there, and uh, I love that you're on LinkedIn in that way too. So a lot of the uh, our our food uh, related uh, friends here uh, in various aspects of retail and so forth can find out more there on LinkedIn. Well, this has been a just phenomenal conversation. And I just want to thank you so much, Ted, for taking the time to uh, share the story of Newborn Organics and just kind of weave the, with the, the journey of understanding for those who might be interested in exploring more about the regenerative organic certification, aka Rock. Um, and I can't wait to uh, pick up this conversation again so we can learn more about um, your 
your evolution um, and all the work you're doing within this space. It's been really invaluable. So thank you. Thanks so much, Melissa. I really appreciate the chance to talk to you and, and uh, yeah, excited to keep the conversation going. Well, hopefully we'll have more and exciting stuff to share with you um, as we do this work. But for now, I really appreciate the opportunity to just talk about it and, and share our story. Fantastic. Well, thanks everyone for listening and please don't uh, forget to check us out, look up uh, more details about New Barn Organics um, on their social media, their website, um, LinkedIn, and also check out Hartman, uh, hartmangroup.com where you can find out about our latest uh, upcoming organic uh, study beyond organic. So thanks very much.